Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. What up? Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, we got a big one here on this Tuesday, a nine-game slate to break down here on the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I'm Pete McCarthy filling in. Appreciate you guys having me. I enjoyed seeing all the guesses in the Discord of uh, who, who'd be filling in today. And, yeah, it's me. Nobody had it. That's okay. Uh, Cliffy is uh, hanging out. So uh, what's up, Cliffy? How are we doing on this Valentine's Day? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, still looking for a Valentine. I don't know. Depending who I roster tonight, it might be Sidney Crosby. <laughs> we'll see how he does uh, later tonight. No, doing good. Um, just excited to get the NHL back in like full swing. Like we had the all-star game and then teams had their bye weeks. Like the last, you know, two to three weeks have been kind of blase. Um, it's nice to get back on a regular schedule and have all the teams back in play. And you're not worried about teams being off for 11 days or something like that. It's just nice to, you know, we're here in the home stretch. There's only one third of the season left. It's, it's, it's nice to, you know, kind of just buckle back down and get into that groove. And, and there's a lot of intriguing games here on the slate tonight. I'm really excited about these nine games. Yeah, we get a little rhythm back at this point with the All-Star break behind us. And and just in time for the NBA All-Star break coming up, which is always big for us uh, in the NHL DFS world as well. Some big contests Friday to Wednesday. I mean, that's where you get things done for the season, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm, I'm just really excited for the, for the stretch run of the season. Actually, there's the playoff races in, in both conferences are just really, really tight. And, you know, you have, you have probably a half dozen teams just openly tanking at this point, but uh, you know, the other 25 or 24 teams are, are still uh, firmly in the mix. So it's going to make for an exciting, you know, final two months of this, of the season here. Yeah. You know, unless you're an Islanders fan like me and then uh, it hasn't been all that exciting in the playoff front, even with the, the big trade a couple of weeks ago, but we'll uh, I'm sure get into that a little bit here as we roll through. Uh, hey, give us a like, subscribe. Keep in mind, our show is sponsored by Prize Picks, and uh, you can check out, check out Jake Harry's selections for Prize Picks over on Twitter. Uh, keep up with all of our shows here at Stochastic DFS. We've got DFS offers, giveaways, much, much more. And once you do subscribe, hit that notification button. That's going to give you alerts when our shows go live. Hey, how about the Stochastic Hall of Fame? You want to get in there, uh, throw that 
stochastic avatar onto your DraftKings, onto your FanDuel, uh, no house event. Uh, throw it up there and uh, look to get into the Hall of Fame. You have that stochastic avatar. You place top three in a contest with over 5,000 contestants and just tweet the at stochastic HOF account and you get into the Hall of Fame. We had a big winner in the Discord last night, did we not, Cliffy? Yeah, Oliver Atticus took down uh, the $15 for uh, 20K last night. I think I think it's the third time he's hit that this year. It's at least his second. Um, pretty pretty good effort out of him. We had, you know, a couple other big nights as well. I think uh, our, Barry, uh, our buddy Larry Bikes um, managed a $1,100 uh, Fantasy Hockey World Championship qualifying ticket. So hopefully he can turn that into a Fantasy Hockey World Championship ticket and we can send uh, one more contestant uh, to the Fantasy Hockey World Championships. But yeah, a pretty good night last night. Hopefully we can repeat that again here tonight. How do we repeat it? You know, what was uh, what did we learn last night? What was the key? Uh, I think the key last <laughs> the key last night was just to have players in the late games. Uh, the late yeah, games stay up late. a little bit bananas, and, and I think it's a good lesson that that applies to a lot of slates. Like a, a lo- most of the players are on the East Coast, right? Or East Coast, or, or if you want to even call it Central Time. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of people work; they have normal jobs. They're not staying up till. 10 30 11 o'clock at night uh to late swap and to make sure all their players are playing and to make sure their goalie's starting and all that stuff so you can you can take advantage if, if you're a night owl like me uh you can take advantage sometimes of lower ownership later in the slates and um that happened last night um all our atticus got there uh with Dano and arvidson so congrats to him um and i think that's a lesson to take away is, is don't just you know look at the first six or seven games on the slate make sure you always pay attention to those late games on the west coast yeah, you take advantage of the the late swap, uh, which you can utilize in Fantasy Crunch over on our uh, stuff at Stochastic DFS. So uh, be sure to be utilizing that if you if you do get uh, beyond the paywall there. So uh, let's start off. Let's start off with one of the hottest teams in the NHL coming off a big weekend. I believe it's your uh, Montreal Canadiens, the third highest implied goals total. I'm still a little bitter about uh, my Islanders' loss up there this past weekend, but. Uh, tell us what you're liking about Montreal tonight as they take on Chicago and uh, feeling good about themselves right now. Also garnering a lot of ownership tonight. Yeah, I, I think it says a lot about the Chicago Blackhawks that Montreal has no Cole Caulfield in the lineup. Obviously, he's out for the rest of the season. And Montreal still has an impl- a higher total than Tampa Bay, than Colorado. Same total as Winnipeg. Same total as St. Louis. Like, higher than Columbus. Like, I, I think it says a lot about what this matchup is. And it, it kind of makes it a little bit wide open in that sense, right? Because, you know, if these were the lineups four years ago, you would say, yes, you absolutely have to have Patrick Kane in your Chicago Blackhawks build. But, you know, Patrick Kane's certainly not having a Patrick Kane-like season. Um, he's really kind of stopped shooting the puck a little bit. Like, that was kind of his saving grace earlier in the seasons. There was times he would go for long stretches, averaging about four shots per game. Um, that certainly has not been the case of late. He has 19 shots and one goal in his last 10 games. It is, I think he's just really looking to get out of Chicago at this point. Um, so when you're looking at the Blackhawks side, it, it's, it's kind of a, a thin edge because I would say you don't need Patrick Kane if you're stacking the Blackhawks here tonight. But by the same token, the Chicago Blackhawks power play is kind of where they make their fantasy hay. Um, the Chicago power play is actually good. Like not, you know, not the super elite, 
um, you know, like a Dallas Stars or, or, or Colorado or, or something like that, but certainly, um, you know, not amongst the bottom half of the teams. Um, the top power play unit is where they make their make or break their fantasy nights, and that's a pretty good thing for tonight's slate because Montreal has been one of the most penalized teams all season long. They're at 3.6 times shorthanded per game on the season. And that's a number that's been climbing for about the last two months now. Like they've been more and more undisciplined as the season has gone on. Compounding that problem is, you know, they're just per- perpetually near the bottom of the league in shots against on the penalty kill. Uh, I was looking just since Christmas, uh, six most shots against per minute uh, on the penalty kill. Usually they're like second or third most. So, you know, slight upgrade, but, you know, certainly not nothing substantial. Um, so it's a pretty good spot for that Chicago power play. It's just a matter of what you want to do with the top two lines, because you have Taylor Radish and Max Domi on the top line on the top power play unit. And then you have uh, Patrick Kane and Tyler Johnson uh, on the second line on the second power play unit with Jonathan Tate out. So it's which line do you want to go with? Do you want a power play stack? You know, at, at times like this, I would look to the other side and I'd say, which matchups do I want to avoid? I would say the matchup that I'd want to avoid is that Kirby Doc matchup. I think he's probably their best defensive forward. Um, this is a team that um, doesn't have a lot of good defensive forwards. So, you know, when you can just kind of just pick one guy out and say, don't go up against him, it helps a little bit. The thing is, is that they're not going to use him in a shutdown role. He's probably going to be used uh, against that Kane Johnson, you know, quote, second line. Maybe you call it the top line, but regardless, I think you're going to see Domi and Radish go out a fair bit against that Suzuki Anderson line for Montreal. And that line for the Habs has been awful without Cole Caulfield defensively. Four expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's, I think that's 40% worse than the league average. And 3.7 actual goals against per 60 minutes. I think the Domi Radish Kurashev line is in the best five on five matchup. They're not projecting the best. Uh, but you sh- they should also come in at much lower ownership than, than Kane and Johnson will. So I think that's kind of the trade-off that you're making here. And, you know, Radish, he's making he makes his way on the power play. So um, I do like that Radish Domi too, man. I think that's where I would go on the Chicago side. For the Montreal side, um, <laughs> that top line without Caulfield for as bad as they are defensively, they're not bad offensively. 2.6 expected goals for in 115 minutes together for Suzuki and Anderson. But um there's just too much ownership on here for my liking um if you look at our top stacks tool they're coming in about 14 percent owned making them one of the worst leverage spots actually the worst leverage spot on the entire slate i would probably dip down to the second line doc hoffman and the donoff um less ownership they're a little bit cheaper um i think doc at this point might be montreal's best player and that's you know that better than suzuki and, you know, Doc and Hoffman, both on the top power play unit together. Um, this line has been good together in a small sample, 3.4 goals per 60 minutes and 50 minutes together. Um, it's uh, that Doc Hoffman line to Donoff. Doc ha- Hoffman to Donoff line I'd like for Montreal. Man, trouble spitting that one out. And uh, on the Chicago side, I'd be going to the Domi line. But there is a lot to like here on both sides. I don't think the implied goal totals are lying in this one. What do you uh, make of the the Montreal rookie, Rafael Harvey-Pinard? Three-game point streak, uh, three goals in that type. He's got eight points in his first nine games and, and obviously getting some run on that top line. Yeah, it's it's tough what to make of him because, you know, he was never really a big Montreal prospect, right? Seventh-round pick. 
uh, a few years ago. He's been, you know, toiling in the AHL. But 15 goals in 37 games in the AHL this year, averaging something like 3.3 shots per game. Whenever a player's at about three shots per game in the AHL, I, that's when I start to pay attention to them. And at 3.3, I think that's really telling me something. Now, whether he's turned a corner or not, we may not even find out over the next 25, 30 games or whatever. But just the way that he's played in the AHL this year, just having a penchant for shooting and skating alongside Nick Suzuki um, makes him a viable play regardless in this matchup. If it was a tougher team coming in town, I would say hesitate a little bit more. But where he's shown well in the AHL, he's getting decent line mates, decent minutes. Um, I, you know, I think maybe he's possibly turned a corner. There are sometimes those late round picks just need, you know, three or four years in the minor leagues and then, uh, they really start to break through. Yeah. yeah, You get an opportunity on the top line and then you can show what you could do in these last couple of weeks and the Canadians coming off a big weekend, but garnering a lot of ownership as you'll be able to see on our top stacks tool. If you sign up, uh, for our NHL DFS, uh, information over at stochastic.com. All right. So the big news today around the NHL, Alexander Ovechkin is out tonight and out for the foreseeable future. Sounds like at least a week. Uh, he's going to miss Saturday's Stadium Series game. Report is that Ovechkin has flown back to Moscow to be with his father, uh, who has been hospitalized. So uh, the Capitals tonight hosting the Carolina Hurricanes, and that'll be the big game, uh, the Stadium Series at the home of NC State football on Saturday. H- how does this you know, affect? Obviously, it changes the lines. Uh, it allows you some some one-offs, but from a DFS perspective, what does the absence of Ovechkin do here to the Washington Capitals? Well, you know, it obviously, it it takes quite a bit of bite out of the lineup, right? Like he is one of the top goal scorers uh, in the league for a reason um, and has been for a long time. Like we, we can't kind of understate the fact of just how important he is. He has 32 goals on the season, and the next three scorers on the team have 36 total, right? So he's scoring about as much as the next three high scoring forwards on the roster. Um, he is a big, big part um, of this team, you know, not only at even strength, but on the power play, obviously. Carolina is just, they've been just a juggernaut for two months now. It, like they've been good all season, but these last two months have been absolutely otherworldly. Um, you know, the penalty, the Carolina penalty kill, um, stays excellent. Um, fourth fewest sh- shots against um, over the last uh, seven weeks for that Carolina PK. It's been great for years now. Um, of late, it's been certainly no different. Um, the expected goals against per 60 minutes. Um, since Christmas, there's one team under 2.25, and it's Carolina, and they're at 1.96. Like, they are a distant mm-hmm. first place for fewest expected goals against at five on five. So, like anything can happen in hockey, <laughs> you know, you watch this, you watch enough games for enough seasons, you'll see some wild, wild uh, outcomes. Washington could easily walk out of this game, but with a 5-1 score, it, we've seen, you know, things like that happen before. In Montreal just pasted Edmonton 6-2 without Cole Caulfield, right? Like these things happen in the NHL. You know, if I'm playing one lineup, do I want to bank on a Kuznetsov, um, you know, Shiri two man or something like that, you know, breaking down the Carolina defense and being an optimal play? I don't think I can go that far. There's just not a lot that's really interesting me um, on the Washington side, especially where you're not really getting like that big of a savings. Like, you know, Kuznetsov is in the five K's. 
TJ Oshie is in the 5Ks. Guys like Stroman Sheary are mid fours. They're being priced like they're not facing Carolina and they still have Alex Ovechkin. And I, and I, I you know, if you're playing a lot of lineups, if you're 100 lineups or 150 lineups, yes, you're going to have some Washington. If you're playing one to three, I don't think so. On the Carolina side, um, it's just a matter of which line you want to go with. Both their top two lines have been relatively equal since uh, the calendar turned to 2023. Like the first line and the second line, both 3.2 expected goals for per 60 minutes at five on five. One at 3.5 actual goals, the other at 3.6 actual goals. Like they've just been incredibly similar. Um, you'll have some nights where, you know, one line gets more ice time than the other. It, it, I, I don't think it, the matchups really mattered that much from the Washington side. What I will say is that Kuznetsov and Shiri have pretty bad defensive numbers without Ovechkin on the wing. And I think that's just kind of a chemistry thing more than anything else. It's not that... Um, Kuznetsov and Shiri are atrocious defensively. I think it's just, you know, adding somebody that they're not used to playing with. And they're probably going to get second line um, shutdown matchups. And I think, you know, that could bring Kukniemi, Natchez, and Svechnikov into play. I think that's where I would go with my stack if I'm going on the Carolina side. Um, Svechnikov, Natchez, and Kukniemi, they're coming in with almost no ownership at about 1% um, per our top stacks tool. Um, Svechnikov, uh, you know, he's been up and down a little bit, um, but he does have 19 shots in his last five games. So he's really starting to get involved offensively again. I think you can leave Kakanemi off and just go with the two wingers, but I think that line gets a better five on five matchup. I'm going to be honest from a guy that's playing one lineup here tonight. I just don't have a, a ton of interest in both sides because Washington's a pretty good defensive team in their own right. What about uh, just from the goalie perspective? Look, uh, the Capitals were, uh, implied goal total of 2.8. And that was before the Ovechkin news this morning. So you got Frederick Anderson in, in net for Carolina. You talked about how great they are defensively. Does that factor into your thinking at all? If you're thinking of a, a one-off goaltender on a night like tonight, and I mean, people are just scared they see the Capitals and nut up on what's happening. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if, if you can start Freddie Anderson if you want for Carolina. I think that's fine. But an 8,200 goalie, at least over on DraftKings, on the road, like that's just one of those situations where I'm worried he only faces like 25 shots. And, you know, if even one goal against on 25 shots um, with the win at 8,200 isn't great DFS value. Um, you know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, that's about 17 DK points, I think. You're going about 2X, like – you know, one goal against without a lot of shots, even in a win, doesn't bring a lot in the fantasy game. I think I would be on the Kemper side, and I think Kemper's actually one of my more favorite goalies uh, on the slate here tonight. I think, you know, Washington is good defensively, but Carolina can put up a lot of shots against just about anybody. So I honestly don't mind Kemper here. You know, I'm a, I'm a New York guy who moved to North Carolina. I was probably this close to going to the stadium series game just to see Alexander Ovechkin. I yeah. would have been extremely bummed if I had spent the uh, 200 plus dollars in the tickets to, to get in there at Raleigh. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be in your boat. Cause you know, he's on that March to Gretzky's record. I imagine there are people that just want to see him play yeah. um, before he breaks that record. So um, you're probably not alone there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, bad timing, certainly for the, uh, for the NHL. All right. So we can get to uh, my Islanders now uh, with uh, one of the higher implied goal totals for the night, taking on the Ottawa Senators, the Islanders big favorites, even after a, a disappointing week here, um, you know, Bo, Bo Horvat, he's taken a lot of shots uh, since he's joined the Islanders, almost an extra shot per game. I mean, we're only talking about four games, but three goals in that time. 
what kind of opportunity do you see here for the Islanders? I know when I ran uh, some lineups in Fantasy Cruncher this morning, I got a ton of Islanders. Yeah. Um, by our top stacks tool, the Islanders do look like they're going to be, or that Islanders second line, I should say, at least. Um, that Nelson Lee Palmieri line looks like it could be one of the higher owned lines on the night. Um, top stacks tool um, of the recent run had them as the highest owned line of the night. But, you know, it's only, I don't want to say it's only 15% because there are nine games, but like we've had slates pretty recently, seven, eight game slates or whatever, where the chalk line has been like 25%, 30, 35%, you know, pushing 40% owned. 15% is reasonable enough where, Yes, there's negative leverage to them, but you know this. It doesn't seem like a stupid like donkey play or something like that, right? This isn't a seven percent top two probability line coming in at thirty five percent, right? It's an eight percent top two probability line coming at fifteen percent. There, it's it. There is a difference here. Um, one thing I want to note is what the beat writer said about the line combinations. Now we're expecting Nelson Lee Palmieri and uh, Bailey Barzal and Horvat. But they did run some uh, line, line. I don't want to call them lines, but drills. This shots. Morning. Yeah, drills this morning with different shooters, and they had moved Horvat down to the second line and Palmieri up to the top line, which would move Bars all back to center. Not that that matters for DFS, but um, that's just kind of something to keep in mind if you are going to play the Islanders here tonight, because it is a 7:30 Eastern start. A couple of games will already have passed. Um, you know, meaning there's less to late swap to if there is some sort of line change, but just. Something to keep in mind that we may not be seeing the lines we expect at warmups. With all that said, that Islanders second line, I think they're coming in 15% owned for a pretty good reason. I mean, yes, they're going to project well with um, that implied total. Um, you know, that three and a half total, they're coming in over 30 point uh, projection on DraftKings. But it's just how well they played together. Like that... Islanders second line is up to about a hundred minutes of five on five, 4.8 expected goals for per 60 minutes. I think the league average is about 2.6. Like, you know, these guys are really, really generating a lot of offense, 4.7 actual goals scored. Um, my big problem is the play of Anders Lee. Uh, you know, he had that knee surgery a couple of years ago. Hasn't really looked like the same player since he has flashes and spurts where he looks great, but his last 20 games, 38 shots on goal, no shot bonuses on DraftKings. That's under two shots per game for a quarter of the season. Like, it's been a struggle for him. It just, you know, he's on the top power play unit, and uh, Ottawa does take a lot of penalties, and Ottawa um, not very good at preventing shots on the PK as well. So I do like Palmieri, Nelson, and Lee here. Um They've been very, very good at five on five. I don't think they're going to have a tough matchup um, at even strength uh, against Ottawa, especially where I don't think they're going to see much of the Chuck line. Um, it's just the ownership. That's the only problem here. I think you can turn this into a power play stack if you want, if yeah. you're that worried about it. Like leave Anders Lee off, go double center or something like that if you want. Um, you know, you can uh, throw in Brock Nelson and Bo Horvat and then put Barzal on the wing, you get three guys on the top power play unit, two guys on the top line, um, something like that. Dilute the ownership, get the guys um, that are in the prime spots that are going to get the minutes too. Um, I think that's the other thing to note is that with Horvat there, they're really starting to play the top six and focus on the top six. 
Whereas, you know, there were games earlier this season where J.G. Pajot in the third line would play like 19, 20, 21 minutes. That hasn't really been the case lately. So I do like the Islanders' second line if I'm playing an even-strength line, but I think I would be more tempted to turn into some sort of power play stack. I know the power play has struggled at times, but so is the Ottawa PK, and it's back-to-back on the road for Ottawa, either playing their uh, AHL goalie or a guy that's been playing in the ECHL at times this year. Uh, both Ottawa's goalies are hurt. They're starting goalies. So they're dipping down into the nether regions of their goaltending depth. So I do like uh, Islanders power play stack on the Ottawa side. I, I would have interest in them in a no, like in a lot of matchups, even being back to back on the road, because there is no ownership coming in on Ottawa. Like I'm talking under half a percent on any of their lines on DraftKings, at least by the top stacks tool. Um, especially where Kachuk, Stutzler, and Batherson got reunited and they were so good together. But back-to-back on the road facing Ilya Sorokin in a bad power play matchup, and Ottawa thrives on the power play. That's where they get a lot of their fantasy value. Like, the kill is good. They're well below average in time, shorthanded per game. It's just not a good power play spot for Ottawa. If I was playing even 20 lineups, I might have a share or two shares of that Ottawa top line in a single entry. I don't think I'm going to get that far. but I, you know, we have seen Sorokin have some bad games this season. He's been largely good, but he's had a few real bad ones. And that Ottawa top line, they're coming in with no ownership. I I, I don't think we can discount this, that sense top line here, though I do like the Islanders side a lot more. Yeah, you can get to, get to some of it there as uh, you look at this game with uh, Ottawa and the Islanders. What do, what do you make of, you know, narrative streak here, right? Like the uh, the Islanders are desperate. They're coming off this awful weekend. Ottawa just had this, you know, huge comeback win over the Flames last night, back-to-back on the road. I mean, it seems like there's some some potential for the Islanders to get right in this spot. Maybe I'm just being hopeful for my guys here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a get-right spot for them because, you know, Ottawa back-to-back on the road with uh, minor league goalie starting. Um, it is a get-right spot for the Islanders. I, I, I don't buy too too much into the narratives like there are teams that will relax during the season like i think boston's clearly one of the teams that's relaxing especially the minutes for their top guys i think you'll see that for some of the top teams i don't think you've seen that from the islanders i think for the islanders it's just been a lot of rotating on the back end right like um you know uh, adam pellick was hurt for a few weeks there uh, Romanov's missed games like this is a team that needs uh, their defense especially intact because that's the, I think that's other than Sorokin, obviously, I think the strength of their team is how deep they are on the blue line. And, you know, if you start to weaken that, you just weaken the big strength of this team. So um, I think it's just getting the guys healthy has been a big thing for them. Yeah. Got to get, got to get right in this spot. Uh, we talked about the, the ownership projections, top stats, the, the projections, obviously uh, all available at stochastic.com. When you sign up four weeks for just under $30 and then, a month with coupon SCORE, and you can click the link below. Uh, Look, this promo is exclusively for those of you who are watching this NHL strategy show. So take full advantage of it. It's going to give you the projections, the ownership, the lineup builder, rankings, our expert Discord. You can come join the biggest NHL DFS community. We have winners in there like Oliver last night. Uh, so be sure to check all that out. Do you want to do a lineup builder during the show tonight? Is that something uh, today, I should say? Do you, is that something you want to try to fire up here or uh, we'll just charge through? I think we got Yeah, some. I mean, we can bring up the lineup builder and 
you know, we'll do like Josh and I do sometimes. We'll just build a lineup as we go along. And I was thinking we'll start with that double center stack I was talking about. Yeah, let's get it. Uh, from the Islanders. Like, we'll start with that. It's a, it's a little bit chalky, but you can see, you know, Bo Horvat 6.7%. Um, it really helps dilute the rest of that ownership. And that's, you know, that's kind of why I do like uh, using power play stacks sometimes. But, uh, yeah, you can see right there, uh, if you're, you know, subscribed, you can see the salary of the player for the site you're using, their ownership. Their projection, stack projection, really, really helpful. Um, not only while we're doing these shows, but when I'm just doing my lineups. Phenomenal tool. Uh, utilize it again, stochastic DFS, and a great deal for you that you can read more about below. And remember, it's a great time to sign up because you got the NBA All Star break coming up. The prizes get much bigger. Uh, the you get maybe uh, you know some easier competition in there. Some people who aren't used to playing NHL, and you can rip through them. So the NBA All Star Break, if you don't know, is Friday through Wednesday. So that becomes peak NHL DFS season. Uh, the Devils are taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets are scratching Vladislav Gavrikov in uh, the the newest trend in the NHL, scratching these guys for trade related reasons i mean just put them in a put them in a bubble a glass case and and don't break. i mean this is like the new trend in the league i'm surprised uh patrick kane is still playing the 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 blackhawks didn't put him in bubble wrap yeah um i mean the thing it, it's it's kind of weirding me out like that they're sitting players this early because i think we're still two and a half weeks yeah. until the trade deadline. March, 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 3rd. March 3rd or something mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, you know, we still have like Gavrikov could just be out of the lineup for three weeks here for Columbus. So what do we do? Uh, yeah, I do find that part a little bit weird, but I mean, I get it. You know, any kind of injury could really ruin any chance of, of recouping uh, some value. So I do get it. It's just a little bit weird. This game is a little bit weird to me <laughs> because I was looking through one thing Josh and I have been stressing on some recent shows was how bad New Jersey has been lately. Um, and that's, I don't think that's hyperbole. What I will say is that Golden has really been starting to save this team. Like since Christmas. So uh, 20 games for Columbus, 18 for New Jersey, Columbus's expected goals against per minute at five on five is 2.88, which is bad. And New Jersey's is 2.8. Like they're right behind them. Uh, the, the difference has been the goaltending uh, where New Jersey's gotten 929 goaltending um, it, over that stretch, which is top five in the league since Christmas. So, you know, if the Devils get even average or worse goaltending, this team looks a lot different than they are. I, I think the goaltending is really, really bailing them out and making them look better than they actually have been for, you know, a couple months now. Um the problem is, is I really don't like the way that Columbus has uh, put these lines together. Like Gojo, mm-hmm. Jenner, and Marchenko. Like Jenner is like a digger slash shooter. Like, you know, he's the guy that will dig the pucks out and create space for, you know, the playmakers and stuff like that. And then Marchenko's a shooter. So you have two shooters plus Gojo, who is kind of like a dual threat. But it's like if Gojo's not playmaking or carrying the puck, who else is, right? For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, That's just kind of what worries me about that line. And I think it bears out in their numbers. Um, You know, Martenko and Gojo have played 50 minutes together. 2.3 2.3 expected goals for 3.2 against. Um, I think, you know, their trouble sustaining offense kind of shows up uh, just in, um, you know, the clash. I don't want to say clash of styles, but, you know, a poor mix of, of styles uh, on that top line. So I really, really do like Columbus in this spot. I just wish it was still line A uh, on the top line here yeah. for the Blue Jackets. Um you know, for that reason, I think it's fine to play Columbus. I would certainly be playing the top line. You know, if you want to leave Marchenko off and put Line A on, I think that's very doable. Um, you know, Line A is a little bit more expensive, but he's got, you know, very little ownership on him. And we say it all the time with Patrick Line A, this is a guy that breaks slates. You know, there'll be a half dozen times every season where the guy just goes off for like two goals and two assists or a hat trick with nine shots or something like that. Um, he'll do that a half dozen times. If New Jersey's goaltending isn't on the top of their game, Columbus really could find the back of the net. So I think on the jacket side, it would be more just taking one-offs. Like I think a one-off Marchenko actually does make sense. I think a one-off line A certainly makes sense where he's not on the top line in this game. I just don't really like the line combinations. And I think you're probably going to see guys moved around once the game gets started. On the New Jersey side, the only problem is that there's a lot of ownership. Um, you know, that New Jersey top line coming in 12 and a half percent owned, that's amongst the highest owned lines uh, on the slate, third highest by our projections. So they have been playing pretty well. They have been generating a lot, 3.3 expected goals, 70 shot attempts per 60 minutes of five on five since January 1st. So, you know, I think that New Jersey top line is perfectly fine. I think it's the fact that Elvis Merzlikens is starting more than anything that makes me want to play New Jersey. Um, he struggled all season long. Corpus Salo has been the much better goalie. Um, there's just nothing else that you, you want to play elsewhere on, on the New Jersey side, right? Like you don't want to dip down to Mercer and Tatar. Um, you certainly don't want to go and play Eric Holla and Sharon Govich and Fabian Sederlund. Um, I think it would just be uh, mixing in, you know, Hisher, Brat. Palat, Tatara, they're four power play guys and just making some sort of stack out of that. But I, I, I just, I'm having a hard time getting away from Columbus. I just think there's no ownership. I think New Jersey's pretty overrated at the moment. They're still without Jack Hughes. I think, you know, like I said, one off line eight, but man, I'm, I'm getting really tempted with the jackets. All right. So uh, keep an eye on the blue jackets. That would be similar to your Islanders play, right? Looking at that power play one and, and getting line A involved there. Or are you hoping that, even if Columbus behind that line, a ends up back on that top line at some point in the game. What would be the ideal scenario if you're getting line a in there? Yeah, that's, I, I think that's something that could easily have, you know, Columbus is down to nothing after the first period or something like that. I think you could definitely see them uh, move line a back up by the same token. I think they kind of wanted, you know, give Marchenko the rewards for scoring and, and playing so well earlier in the season. So maybe they're not so gung ho on it even if line is not on the top line all game long, as long as he's on the top power play unit, 
that's kind of what matters most because that's you know that's where he can really uh, make waves, uh, especially with Adam Bachvis there. The power play has been pretty good with him running the the top power play unit. And just keeping an eye on what's happening in the chat, Cliffy. Uh, they're loving your look. I, I, I watched the show Thursday, and you had a beard like I had this morning, uh, but you you trimmed it a little further. You got like that nice like five o'clock stubble look. See, you said you didn't have a Valentine, but I'm starting to think you got some plants tonight, Cliff. Uh, no, not tonight. This weekend, <laughs> uh, I'm going actually going to Montreal this weekend. So I figured, um, you know, I haven't had a haircut since uh, just before Christmas. I think now was probably the time. But appreciate the shout out from everybody in chat. I dress myself up every day just for you guys. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's good stuff, and uh, it, it's nice. Rare corners of the internet where they they compliment someone's appearances. So you got that going for you, Cliff. That's true. Uh, let's go uh, Florida, St. Louis, uh, you know, about equal on the implied goals here at about 3.3. Uh, give us the rundown of what we're looking at here with the Panthers and Blues. Yeah, I, you know, Florida's back-to-back on the road, which kind of, you know, that puts them behind the eight ball a little bit immediately. And then I look at the ownership on the Florida top line, 12.5%, fourth highest owned line on the slate. I don't know. That kind of makes me raise my eyebrow a little bit because yes, they do have a very high total 3.6. I think for good reason. Um, St. Louis has struggled defensively most of the season. Jordan Bennington has struggled, you know, most of the season. Um, But the Florida top line just hasn't really been playing that well. Um, uh, They're up to nearly 150 minutes together, which is not really like a small sample anymore. You know, we're talking, probably a dozen games worth of ice time at least Um, 2.1 expected goals for 2.1 actual goals for per 60 minutes of five on five. Those are both well below average. Um, You know, Lundell and Reinhardt were struggling earlier this year. That's why they were both moved up the lineup is because they weren't doing well together by themselves on the third line. Um, You know, they just, it seems like they pretty much just brought their problems up to Barkov's line and now they're bringing him down with them. Considering how poorly that line is actually playing, um, or at least offensively, and the fact that St. Louis's penalty kill has been, like, I don't want to say pretty good, but a lot better uh, since Christmas. Um, you know, this is a team that had, you know, bottom three, bottom five penalty kill through the first, you know, 40-ish games of the season. Um, 10th fewest shots against per, uh, per 60 minutes since Christmas on the penalty kill, um, 11th fewest goals against. So, you know, it's not really a great power play spot for that Florida top line either. So I'm out on Florida one. I think, you know, of all the fades, I don't, I don't want to say it's an easy fade, but back to back on the road coming in over owned and not playing that well. Besides that, I think it's easy to get away from Florida one. It's Florida two where the real questions come in because that line is still just absolutely shredding. Um, you know, I like to, when lines start playing together for a while, I like to see how they're playing recently. Their last 125 minutes. So, you know, nine games worth, give or take five expected goals for per 60 minutes, which is almost double the league average 3.8 actual goals for, which is um, about 33% higher than the league average, despite a shooting percentage below league average. Like they are just, they're tearing apart everybody that they come up against. I can't imagine that St. Louis second line of Shen Kairou and Thomas is going to put up much of a fight defensively. I think, I think Florida two would be the play here for me on the Florida side, especially where there's, I think there should be less focus on the power play and the power play guys for Florida and more focus on the even strength matchup. And I think it's a great one for Florida too. 
On the flip side, I think that makes it a bad matchup for that St. Louis second line. Um, and they also haven't been generating a ton. 2.2 expected goals for, 2.7 actual goals for with Shen and Kairou on the ice. That's fine. But I don't. I want more than fine in DFS. The the reason to play them would be that Florida's back to back on the road takes a lot of penalties, and that line's perfectly correlated. Um, I think that's why you would play St. Louis too. Um, I just think there's a little bit too much ownership. Um, but I will say I would play St. Louis two over St. Louis one. I wouldn't play the Ryan O'Reilly line tonight. Um, I think you know as bad as the Barkoff line is offensively, they're really good defensively. Um, I think it's a bad matchup for that Ryan O'Reilly line. They're coming in with a lot of ownership. I think you can fade St. Louis one. It would be St. Louis two. I would play. I, I'm just worried that people are kind of overvaluing how good their power play is. Cause I don't think their power play is actually very good, but I think both second lines are in fine spots here tonight. All right. A relatively expected high scoring game there between Florida and St. Louis with the implied goal total at uh six. Hey, if you're uh, not up on prize picks, uh, get in there. And uh, when you sign up, uh, you get a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a $100 deposit match bonus. Uh, you just have to sign up and make a deposit over at Prize Picks. And if you're interested, Josh Engelman has a new Prize Picks NBA picks video every day on the Odds Shopper channel. I've been tailing that quite a bit. You could also check out uh, Jake Hart's NFL selections. Uh, Jake Harry's uh, NFL selections uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, so check that out as well. Back to a couple of, uh, he had Timo Meyer over four shots on goal. I went with that. And then I liked uh, Mike Hoffman under three shots on goal. What do you think, Cliffy? Am I going to hit? Uh, I do like the Meyer. I can't wait to talk about that San Jose game a little bit later. Um, he's, um, he's, I can't wait till he gets traded too. And I, I really like that bet. And one thing I'll point out is we have a player props tool on the site as well that comes with a membership and it shows you, uh, you know, the prop line, uh, what the odds are, the projection expected, you know, ROI and all that. So if you have a stochastic membership, it's a great way to pick out your shot, shot props through the day. So, Pavel Buchnevich over on his shot. Nicholas Backstrom under on his are two of the higher ROI plays that we have. And it's a very helpful tool if you do some betting alongside your DFS. Yeah, and you can mix in. Check out our new Pick'em Pro tool, uh, which is built for prize picks as well as No House Advantage. That mixed in mixes in all sports. So NBA as well as NHL, you can see what picks have the best percentage of coming in based on our projections and uh, especially if you live in a state like I do in North Carolina, where sports betting is not legal, uh, you can play the DFS version with Prize Picks and and get in there and mix in some NBA, some NHL together. It's Taco Tuesday if you're up on Prize Picks, all that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, check out uh, Jake's picks on Twitter, Josh Engelman's uh, YouTube videos, and much more there on Prize Picks. And if you haven't signed up for Prize Picks, do so again. Uh, one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and a one hundred dollar deposit match bonus there at prize picks. All right. Uh, so this is going to be one of the interesting swings maybe later in the slates is uh, Winnipeg uh, hosting Seattle and goaltender Connor, Connor Hellebuck. Sounds like he's, he's sick. He is sick. Uh, and it sounds like David Riddick's going to have a really good chance of playing tonight, but one of those things that maybe we don't know for sure until after lock, because this is an eight o'clock Eastern time start. Yeah, that's the big problem here. And it would really change how I look at this game because, you know, one thing I kind of avoid doing is picking on is picking teams uh, going into Winnipeg. You know, Connor Hellebuck's obviously just been 
arguably the best goalie in the league this year. Plus, Winnipeg has a great penalty kill. It's just a brutal situation for a lot of teams. Um, but if David Riddick starts, like, I, I don't want to badmouth Riddick because he's been fine this year. Like, if you look at certain numbers, he's been basically a league average goalie. And for a backup, that is more than serviceable. It's just still a big downgrade from what uh, Connor Hellebuck can do. The thing is, is like, you know, Seattle's, I, I you know, kind of going through a little bit of a regression. It's something that we talked about um, before the All-Star break was they had a lot of players, you know, shooting 17%, 19 22 You know, Jeremy McCann was at like 26% shooting or something like that. They had a lot of players that were shooting very highly and you're starting to see that come down a bit. Um, their last half dozen games, I think they have 14 goals. So like two and a half goals per game or thereabouts. Um, that's a big drop off from what they were doing earlier in the season. And I'm wondering if the regression isn't really starting to kick in now uh, for Seattle, because this team was, shoot, I think, shooting way too hot for way too long. Um, but they still do have good lines. I just wonder how the matchup's going to go because Winnipeg is a team that uses its third line in a shutdown role, and the third line isn't very good. But you know, which line would uh, other teams consider the top line? Is it the Beniers line? Is it the Schwartz and Wenberg line? I don't think it's Bjork, Gordon Bjorkstrand, but it might be. Now, I, I think it would be the Beniers line, and for that reason, I don't mind the Beniers line. Um, if anything, from the Seattle side, uh, Beniers, McCann, and Eberle. 2.7 expected goals for 5.1 actual goals for this year, shooting over 16%. So they're one of those teams that could definitely see a regression coming, but even a regression of one third of their shooting percentage, taking away one third of their goals would still lead them at about three and a half goals per 60 minutes, which is still really good. Like this is, they are generating a lot of offense. Um, I think they get a decent matchup going against the Winnipeg third line. Um, you know, McCann, he's still shooting a little bit. I think he has like 25 shots in his last 10 games, um, which is good to see. Everly has 11 shots in his last five games, um, which is good to see on his side as well. Um, so they're both shooting a little bit. Um, it's just, it, it, if we knew Riddick was starting, I'd be like, yeah, I do have some interest in the Beniers line. If we knew Hellebuck was starting, I'd say I have no interest in Seattle at all. It's kind of the problem here. If Riddick does go, I don't mind the Beniers line. If it's Hellebuck, I probably wouldn't play Seattle at all. I just don't have a better answer right now because we don't know who's starting in that. That's well, but we're probably not going to know before seven o'clock Eastern time. So would you build some lineups that are assuming that Riddick is going to go? I mean, Rick Bonus did say it's a good chance he's playing. And then, and look, if you got to change at seven thirty, you could late swap and 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 get away from that uh, if Hellebuck is going. But what what would be the best way to play it in in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, the way I always do it is if, if I'm worried about a line and think I might have to swap them out, I always make sure I have a, a defenseman starting at the same time or later as well. Um, so where this that Winnipeg game starts at 9 Eastern, I would take a, a defenseman from the St. Louis, Florida game or one of the later games so that you have that salary of the line plus the defenseman to figure out whatever you want to do later, right? But there are, you know, lines that you can swap to that are plus or minus $1,000 on DraftKings at least. Um, and, you know, if you have a 4K defenseman, it gives you a little bit of that leeway. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about Pittsburgh 2 in a second, but Pittsburgh 2 is one of those lines. Uh, the Florida top line that we just talked about, which would be chalky, but um, they're certainly one of those lines. Tampa Bay second line we'll get to in a second. They would be another one of those lines you can use. 
So there are swaps you can make. I would just say if you are doing that, just make sure you have a defenseman in the late games as well to give yourself a little bit of salary leeway so that you're not just really confined to just only picking two or three from two or three lines and then that's it. You can actually, you know, um, mess around with your lineup a little bit. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. And uh, Phil Grubauer is making back-to-back starts for the first time in uh, the last month and a half, at least, this calendar year uh, for Seattle. Is that a factor for you, guy back-to-back who doesn't always do it? I mean, not overly for me. Yeah. It, it would be if they had played last night, right? Um, sure. But where, you know, they played on, on Sunday and he's had a day off, it, it's, it doesn't mean that much to me, no. No big deal. Boston-Dallas next. Uh, not not a high-scoring game expected here. Five and a half uh, is the the total. What are you what are you locking into with this game? <laughs> uh, we were talking in our Discord earlier today, and I I just said, all right, who's playing Dallas one tonight so the rest of us don't have to? Um, and the reason for that, not that it's a good spot, obviously it's a terrible spot, but it's a tremendous leverage spot um for that Dallas top. I I actually I shouldn't say it's a tremendous leverage spot. It's a good leverage spot for that Dallas top line. They're coming in one to two percent owned. Obviously, they're talented enough that they can kind of break a slate. It's just, it's arguably the worst. It's probably the worst possible matchup there is in hockey for them, including Carolina. And the reason for that is because they do use the hints line uh, against opposing top lines. And that means going up against Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak tonight. I I was looking at Bergeron's numbers yesterday. His on-ice goals against at 5-on-5 this year is less than one. (laughs) League (laughs) average is like 2.5 or 2.6, and he's at 0.9. Like, the guy is just a behemoth defensively. That line, you know, excellent defensively. That top line, 0.8 goals against per 60 minutes at 5-on-5 this year. And Boston's penalty kill is just as good. So, like, from a leverage point of view – I get wanting to play Dallas one because they do not have um, that much ownership on them here tonight. Uh, but I'm going to be honest. Like, I think there are a couple lines later this slate and even one a little bit earlier with Ottawa that I would rather play um, than Dallas one here tonight, just because it is the Boston matchup. It's a nine game slate. You have other options. Uh, even if you get Boston on the road, which, you know, take what you can get, I guess, with the two losses at home all year. Yeah, exactly. And then, so on the flip side, I would be kind of tempted to play Boston one um, because the Dallas top line hasn't been that great defensively of late um, since January 1st, three expected goals against per 60 minutes. Now I know Hintz missed a little bit of time in there, um, but you know, that's not really great defensive numbers, but Jake Ottinger, like he's not an elite goalie, but he's still really good. Um, you know, Dallas does have, you know, these are, I think they're two of the three best penalty kills in the league with Winnipeg being the third. So I, I think if I'm playing anything in this game, it's both top lines. But I'm going to be honest, I, I see a I see a low scoring game as well. I think I'd be more focused on defensemen and goalies than stacking the forwards. Are you uh, are you up on this NHL Big City Greens Classic that they they announced today? I didn't see that. 
So it's going to be uh, Caps Rangers, March 14th, uh, whatever. But uh, it's going to be on Disney. So Big Green, Big City Greens is a Disney show. I'm not aware of it, even though I have a four-year-old. Maybe it's for uh, you know those who are a little older. Uh, but they're going to actually have the game live with the characters involved. It's going to be animated. And they're going to, it sounds like the Nickelodeon NFL thing. So like anything to get kids to watch a sport, uh, but it's good. The players are going to be animated, but it's going to mirror what's happening in the actual game. And then they're going to mix in these characters from the Disney show. I mean, you have to get young, younger, young people interested in the game one way or another. I, 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 it's worth a try at the least. I mean, I'd certainly watch it. Um, I think it'd be interesting to watch. I think it's definitely worth a try because they certainly have to start uh, growing their viewership base a little bit. What happens when there's a fight, though? You're going to have these like animated guys pulverizing each other. They're going to go to commercial. I'm, I'm kind of curious with that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I was going to say. Got a tooth I mean, flying I, out for one of the animated characters. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, I, do kids watch Bugs Bunny anymore? Because I was going to say, you know, worse happens in Bugs Bunny. But I don't even know if kids watch Bugs Bunny anymore. So, um, yeah, maybe they'll just have to, you know, pan to the crowd or something and, and show, uh, you know, people cheering <laughs> or whatever in the crowd if there's a fight. The characters will take it over from there. All right, so let's go uh, Tampa Bay, Colorado. That's a big matchup tonight. We've been uh, hinting at this Tampa Bay uh, matchup here. Of course, uh, Stanley Cup rematch. So uh, what are you what are you drooling about with the Lightning? It sounds like you, you have a line that you're in on. Yeah, I kind of like both sides in this game because the one of the reasons I think Tampa changed their lines, you know, and left them the way they were the last, you know, handful of games was that they were starting to play poorly defensively. Um, the Tampa top line, as it's currently constructed now with Point Kucherov and Hagel, since Christmas, 2.9 expected goals against, 3.3 actual goals against for 60 minutes, five on five. Those are both well below average defensively. The second line, the Stamco Sorelli Kaloran line, 3.5 expected goals against, 2.6 actual goals against. Again, both the expected goals against, well, well below average. The actual goals against, maybe right around or a little bit below. They weren't playing well defensively. That's why I think that's why they changed up the lines. Now they're going back to the lines that were playing well defensively. And I think that could probably play to Colorado's benefit. Um, you know, this Colorado top line doesn't have a huge sample together. Uh, Lekkinen, Nachushkin, and McKinnon. But 65 minutes going back to last year, 3.4 expected goals per 60 minutes, 5-on-5. Five 3.8 five, actual goals. That's that's really, really good. Shooting under 10%. So it's not like they're riding hot or anything. Shooting percentage is well within range. Um, you know, N N McKinnon and Shushkin are probably going to play well over 20 minutes. You know, McKinnon's going to, you know, maybe even threaten 23, 24 minutes. Um, all in the top power play unit as well. Uh, you know, Nachushkin hasn't been, I think he's gone goalless in, in five straight games, but he has been shooting um, quite a bit. Um, besides that, he has 27 shots in his last uh, eight games since returning from injury over three shots per game, three point, you know, three or 3.4 or whatever. So it is, I think, not a bad matchup for Colorado. The problem is missing Kale McCarr, right? Um, you're you're missing the best defenseman in hockey. That's just, <laughs> you take him out of the line. As good as Devin Taves and Bowen Byram and Sam Gerrard are, no one replaces Kale McCarr. And if you look at the Colorado power play, over the last three years without McCarr, uh, shots go down 10%, goals don't go down 20% when it's anybody but him on the top power on the blue line. So um I think Colorado, I think Colorado one would be the line that I would play. They're perfectly 
you know, well within uh, norms for ownership, top two stack probability, they're coming in with good leverage, all that stuff. I just worry about the effect of losing Makar and having to use Taves instead. Um, but I think it might be worth the gamble considering, you know, 7% ownership for this Colorado top line at home. And in what isn't really that bad of a matchup on the Tampa side, you know, as much as that Tampa top line struggled defensively, they were lights out offensively three or four expected goals for per 60 minutes since Christmas, four and a half actual goals for the problem is I think bring point got kicked off the top power play unit in favor of Corey Perry. Um, Corey Perry was on the power play twice last game. Um, that kind of sucks. And it takes a little bit of bite out because Colorado's penalty kill has been struggling uh, for a while now, like going back to Christmas um, third most shots against on the penalty kill uh, 10th most goals against on the penalty kill per minute. So Pretty good spot for the Tampa top line. I think a pretty good spot for the Colorado top line. I think there are concerns on both sides. McCarr being out, Corey Perry taking point spot on the top power play unit. Um, but I still do like both spots, especially because uh, there's not much ownership coming in on either of them. In some news, I mean, not the top line, but Nick Paul is expected back for uh, Tampa Bay and what should be an entertaining game there. And then uh, is this the night that the Crosby line breaks out? Uh, the uh, Penguins are visiting the Sharks as they continue their West Coast swing. Yeah, this is the game I actually have most interest in um, of any game on the slate here tonight. Uh, we found out that Noah Gregor is going to be moving back up to the top line for San Jose, um, which is, I think, a pretty big boost over Nick Benino, at least offensively. Nick Benino is still pretty good defensively, but um, pretty bad offensively at this point of his career. Um, set, set, Gregor playing with Hurdle. 5.2 expected goals for per 60 minutes. Uh, they've only played about 50 minutes together, but Hurdle and Meyer have been able to carry just about anybody except for Benino this season, right? Um, whether it's been uh, Barabanov or Gregor, um, Sturm spent some time up there, I think. Um, you know, Essamont, I think, started there um, when he came over from Winnipeg. So they've been able to support whomever. And they're going to get the Pittsburgh top line. And that Pittsburgh top line... 3.7 expected goals against per 60 minutes since Christmas. This Pittsburgh team's just been really bad defensively for a while now. I showed this in our chat earlier today, our, our Discord, sorry. Pittsburgh has the fifth most expected goals against at five on five since Christmas and the most shots against on the penalty kill since Christmas on a per minute basis. This has been a pretty bad defensive team for almost two months now I kind of I really do like that San Jose top line here uh in this match and I you know if you want to go down to San Jose too I think that's perfectly fine as well both lines are very much in play for me uh Esamont and Couture have been playing very well together um I think I would just go to the top line because I want more guys uh because I want Meyer and Hurdle in my lineup but you know, if you want to do like uh, Couture, Barabanov, you know, Meyer, I think you can do that as well. I think there is a lot of merit to going to the San Jose side. I think there's merit to the Pittsburgh side as well. You know, Pittsburgh top line is kind of like that Tampa top line. For as much as they struggled defensively, they've been very good offensively. 4.3 expected goals for since Christmas, but only shooting 3.5%. If they were shooting 10%, this would be one of the top offensive lines in the league over the last six weeks. So both top lines for me, but I think both second lines are very much in play. So which one? I feel like you like one of these. Let's go back to our uh, lineup builder. And we, we've got some Islanders there mixed in. Uh, where 
do you want to go Pittsburgh or San Jose? Can, can we afford all of that if we uh, I, start jumping in there? Yeah, I think we can sneak in San Jose because Gregor's fairly cheap and Hurdle's still under 6K. Um, so I think we can sneak them in. And let's, I, I think we should probably, I'm going to use Darcy Kemper as our goalie. Okay. Uh, he's starting at home against Carolina. So now we just need a couple cheap defensemen. Uh, I think there are a lot of good cheap defensemen on the slate here today. I'm just going to list off a few under 4K on DraftKings that I uh, I think people should be looking to. Yanni Hockenpah for Dallas. He's second in ice time uh, behind Miro Haskinen and is a threat for the block bonus um, every time out. So actually, I am going to put Hockenpah in our lineup uh, from the stars. So he goes in. So we have 3,400 for our last defenseman. I like Hockenpah and Pellick. Uh, good Branson, especially with uh, Gavrikov out for Columbus. I like Good Branson for the Blue Jackets, Bachman mm-hmm. for the Blue Jackets as well. Um, Jacob McDonald, 2,500 mm-hmm. San Jose, and Eric Branson, 2,500 Ottawa would be the two super cheap guys that I'd like. Um, going back up to Columbus here, how expensive is Good Branson? 3K. Okay, let's just slide in Good Branson. So there's the yep. lineup right there. Islanders, power play stack ish, San Jose 1. Kemper, Gabranson, Hockenpah, and that's how quickly you can put a lineup together. Boom. Lock it down. 20K right there. Yeah. You going to play it tonight? You got to play it. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to be pretty honest right now. I will have a San Jose stack in my lineup. It's just a matter of what I put with it. I'm not sure it's going to be the Islanders, but San Jose will be in my lineup. You did that for me because I'm an Islanders guy. Well, I yeah, appreciate that. That was exactly. nice of you. Uh, hey, it's been great filling in here uh, for for Josh and and giving it uh, a little run, talking some hockey with you, and really getting into what is a, a fun slate here with nine games. Uh, we've got a ton more coming up here in Stochastic DFS. We've got the NBA deeper dive starting up at five thirty Eastern time, and then NBA Live before lock at six thirty three Eastern time. We think we get another winner in the Discord tonight. I think so. I think uh, our, our 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 users are smart enough at this point to get away from uh, the bad chalk and to play the good chalk mm-hmm. as well as some good lines. So I, I I'm feeling I'm feeling another win here tonight. Before we go, who's your uh, hat trick pick? Who you got? Um, from the game that we just talked about, I'm gonna go with J- the other side. I'm gonna go with Jake Gensel from the Penguins. All right, I'll be a homer and take Bo Horvat. So we'll. We'll pay out the lineup that you won't play tonight because you don't want the Islanders in there. That's the way it's going to go. You know that's the way this goes. I like it. I like, and I, I will mention other than Kemper, I do like uh, Vasilevsky and Jake Ottinger uh, in net here tonight. I think Ottinger might be. I think Ottinger and Kemper are pretty much the goalies that I'm deciding between at the moment. All right, Cliffy, pleasure. Uh, thanks to you guys in the chat for being kind to Pete McCarthy. Uh, thanks for joining, and again, uh, much more NBA content a little bit later here on Stochastic DFS. Good luck. Enjoy your Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's, everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.